0: This week on the podcast, Dan and Drew break down the NFL draft and team grades. You're listening to The Dan and Drew Show. Welcome Welcome. to the show that's for all things sports and only sports. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Each week, Dan and Drew break down sports' biggest moments and best action. Pass is... at the goal line. Oh my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. This is the Dan and Drew Show. There it is. A win for the ages. Here are your hosts, Dan and Drew Walker. Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the Dan and Drew Show. I'm Dan and that's Drew. Man, it's a a beautiful day. This is some beautiful weather out here. It is hot. Makes me want to go golfing. It's too hot. I don't. Yeah. I don't like little humid. It, oh, that's that's the mm-hmm. that's the downside of living down in the south. Is the humidity is sticky. Yes, and it's we're not even technically in summer yet, but we are at the end of the NFL draft. It came by like a blip, Drew. I don't know if it how it felt for you. Yeah, but it came and it went so quickly. And now this week we're breaking down our grades for each team in the league. Yeah, this draft, I watched this draft more than any other draft I've watched previously, especially the first round. Highly anticipated. I loved it. This year's draft was perfect. It's exactly what I wanted as I spoke of last week. As a fan in the first round, there were trades, there were surprises, there were reaches, there was also players Mm -hmm. that dropped. Mm -hmm. What more could you have asked for? I think the only thing we could have asked for is more fans uh, than we saw in Cleveland. Although it was nice having fans, but it was not it was to a the, ton of fans. It was, there were a ton of fans, but it wasn't to the level that we saw in Nashville. a couple no, of years ago. I, I don't think anything is going to get back to the level of Nashville. Cause that was absolutely insane. The amount of people that were there during the draft. I don't know. You know, next year it's going to be in Vegas. It was supposed to be there last year, but with mm-hmm. COVID it got canceled. So we may see more fans in Vegas, but for Cleveland, they did a fantastic job and I, I was glued, just like you were, Drew, the entire time, and it's worked out so perfectly that I had a lot of free time uh, to be able to sit there and watch uh, while I did other things. I didn't have to run around the city and whatnot, so uh, we were able to break down uh, in real time what these teams were doing. I really enjoyed NFL Network's crew. I thought they did a tremendous job, so did ESPN, but... You know, seeing all the crews back in person was wonderful to see because remember last year, everything was virtual mm-hmm. and it was not the same uh, by any means, obviously, um, but it was really nice to get back in the fold of things. You know, Roger Goodell brought back his chair, his famous chair. <laughs> that, and he was taking from to last year. That was a great touch. Um, but it was really nice to see how many people were there back to normal and the draft was awesome. Didn't let us down or at least in my opinion, didn't let me down at all. So I'm ready to get into these team grades and how it's going to work is Dan has 16 teams. He's going to grade. I have the other 16 teams. So we're just going to rotate back and forth and uh, give a little snippet or a little tidbit as far as what we believe and why they are at that grade. Before we do that, Drew, I want to address with the, with the crews. I think NFL network has a great crew. Rich Eisen each year does a fantastic job Daniel Jeremiah, this is his second year taking over. You know, Mike Mayock went off to Oakland. I and love now, Daniel Jeremiah. I think yeah. he's the best person as far as mm. analyst because of how knowledgeable he is, and he's really enjoyable to listen to. He's not yeah. over the top. He's yeah, he's, he's Um, And this year, I watched a lot of college game day for ESPN and their, mm, their love breakdown. It. Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreet, Desmond Howard. It was a great addition. So David Pollock, you can't forget well, about him. Yeah, he's there. He's there. Um, But, you know, college game day, that was great. And I can't wait to see them when we have fans, the student body back behind college game day set uh, come the fall. So Danny's going to head first. He's got the Arizona Cardinals, and we're just going to go alphabetical order. So if uh, your team is last on the list, I apologize. But it's going to be a good podcast. Here's the thing, y'all. If you've been a listener to this podcast, we know our alphabet now. Yes. And they are the Las Vegas Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders anymore. (laughs) First, I thought this was an interesting stat by Mel Kuyper. First off, the first seven picks were in the offense. That This was the first time in the common draft era that we've had seven consecutive offensive picks to start the draft. Yeah. This was a deep wide receiver class, which we've talked about in weeks past. And it showed this past weekend when there was at least five wide receivers taken in each of the first three rounds. And there were eight quarterbacks in the top three rounds, which is the most ever. So this was an offense-heavy draft. What I thought when I was reading those stats and and doing the teams that I had done, because there was so much emphasis on the offense, we saw the lack of exceptional defenders with talents like defensive tackles and the Mm -hmm. secondary. And and teams were really, there were some situations where they were reaching because of the lack of defensive talent. And in my opinion, your team, I think Mm -hmm. that your team definitely reached. Mm -hmm. So for the Arizona Cardinals, this team started out hot, This past season, but they ended up crashing and they lost in the playoffs to the bears. And it showed how Arizona was going to approach this draft. So for the Arizona Cardinals, five of their seven picks were defensive players. They had no picks in the third round and they reached for linebacker Zayvon Collins in round one, they could have gone with a cornerback, which they truly needed. I don't like the decision for Arizona to go linebacker in the first round. Um, so for Arizona, I give them a C plus for their draft and Zayvon Collins. I'm just going to touch upon this and I'll get into the Falcons. I really like Zayvon Collins, but I didn't like him at the 16th pick. I thought he was a linebacker or just a player in general that was going to be drafted more late at the first round or maybe early the second. So for them to get him at 16, I thought there was much better talent, even outside of the linebacker position that they could have acquired similar to the Arizona Cardinals, Dan. The Atlanta Falcons, five of their nine draftees, okay, were defense, mm-hmm. but they acquired the best offensive player that is not a quarterback in this mm-hmm. draft. Yeah, and uh, the it, the needs that I had them getting were edge, tight end, linebacker, and corner. So for them to tackle Kyle Pitts, which is a freak of an athlete, mm-hmm. was a huge bump for them. You know, I wanted I wanted them to move back into the draft, but this is the same situation with the Panthers who didn't move back either. Mm-hmm. Is that you may have the ability to move back, but that doesn't mean you should move back because yeah. you don't know what the other team was offering Atlanta. I guarantee you they got offers, but they probably weren't good enough. Kyle Pitts, again, other than Trevor Lawrence, was the overall best player in the entire draft. Yeah, And you have a head coach and Arthur Smith, who is a tight ends guru. Mm hmm. It's a perfect match for Atlanta. And I think they really hit it with the first round at the very least. Yeah. And let's assume at the very least that Julio Jones is going to remain there. I don't mm -hmm. (sighs) but how things are trending. I don't think he's going to be there after June 1st. Let's assume he is though. You have Julio Jones, Cal Pitts, Calvin Ridley. And then also you have Matt Ryan still throwing the ball at a high rate. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a very good offense, but that wasn't a question. We knew their offense could be good. It's the defense they mm-hmm. needed to address and for them to spend more than half of their picks on defensive players was, was great. They didn't draft a linebacker though. And I think Atlanta is extremely thin at linebacker. Despite that though, I still give him an a you, you get mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, the a freak of an athlete. He basically fell in your lap. Well, I mean, we knew the first three picks were going to be quarterbacks, but I really like that. They acquired him. Cause I think Arthur Smith is going to cook up a really nice offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think Atlanta did, um, more good than bad. Again, offense was not their issue last year. They had a top 10 offense. It was their defense and the fact that they addressed that. Good for them. Yeah. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> there was, they had two picks in the first round. And if they didn't get a wide receiver in the first round, people were going to set Baltimore t- on fire. Yeah. Because that is what they needed more than anything else, was a wide receiver. And that's what they did. They went wide receiver. But I noticed that they drafted not a single offensive tackle, which you said. They absolutely had they to had do to. so. It they was they s- drafted a guard, but mm-hmm. not a tackle. Yes. It was their second most glaring need on the roster. However, however, it was just announced this week that Villanueva from Pittsburgh be signing on a two-year deal with Baltimore. So at least they have that. Granted, he is older, but he doesn't have as much mileage because he served in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least they were able to get a tackle afterwards. And, and they'll put him on the right side. So mm-hmm. it, it's going to be less of a I guess, a burden for him because he was left tackle in Pittsburgh. Now he's going to move over to right tackle. I think that's a great acquisition for them. He's First of all, Villanueva is a monster. He's like 6'9". Yeah, yeah, he is massive. I mean, you're not moving him. He's not the quickest, but I think at right tackle, he's going to be highly successful. I I thought they were going to draft an offensive tackle in the first round. They didn't. They got Odafe, the linebacker, out of Penn State. I'm really happy with how Baltimore um, ended up drafting, but would you get them as far as like their overall grade? I gave them a B plus. Yeah, That's what I gave them. Uh, it, it's it's really hard to give a team a, a, a solid A, just because with draft, I mean, this is all we're predicting what these players are going to do. Yeah. And there are some players who we think are going to go do really well, and then they just bust in the league and vice versa. Well, it's more so for me, I'm grading based off of what I thought their needs were going into the draft. Did they address it? And also, was the the value of the players that they acquired good? Yeah. Or did so, they did they have to reach? And that's why I gave them a B plus because they got a wide receiver, but they did yeah. not get a tackle. And I did this before Villanueva has signed. So, but this is about draft. This isn't about after the draft. Mm-hmm. And they didn't draft a tackle. Sure. Buffalo Bills, you know, they're trying to protect Josh Allen. Uh, they need more defensive pieces, though. I I thought they were going to get a linebacker edge and running back. Gregory Rousseau, though, who's edge out of Miami, the fact that he fell to 30, the 30th overall pick, mm-hmm. is a huge win for them. I think it was a lot with his heart issues. Yeah, I think they were concerned and, and about Just that. like I'll, I'll get into Trey Smith later, but they drafted back to back tackles in the third and fifth round. And honestly, these tackles they drafted are not going to start right away. So, looking at their draft in that situation, you draft two tackles that aren't going to start. In some of their other pieces, I really felt like they, you know, could have improved on or at least traded back or maybe up. Because of that, I gave them a B plus. Uh, defensively, they did address some needs, but their defense is lacking compared to what their offense produces. For Buffalo not to draft a running back, I, I don't think that that's going to work for them this year. They're going to run into the same problem they had last year. Your quarterback cannot be their leading rusher on your team. You gotta gotta have. I would say you need to create depth but they don't even have <laughs> they don't even have the surface level touch upon it when it comes to running back and I think you know Singletary was maybe something they didn't expect uh, as far as production last year for them. Alright going to the Queen City the Carolina Panthers my biggest takeaway from from the draft for them was their constant trading back. <laughs> they, anytime time the Panthers would come up it seemed like oh well there's another trade they just kept going back and back and they were eventually able to get 11 picks and because they amassed so many picks, they were able to recoup all the capital that they used in getting Sam Darnold, Mm -hmm. which for them, you know, the, Hey, look, you got your picks back. I wanted the Panthers to trade back in the first round because I was a part of the camp that believed they were not going to draft a quarterback, especially at number eight. And they didn't. Uh, So I was right on that aspect. But again, trading is easier said than done. And just because I think they should have traded back doesn't mean that it would have been a good value for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Waiting until the third round to get a tackle, your biggest need on the roster And drafting a cornerback in the first round had me perplexed. Yeah. Um, But should I be? I mean, you know, Matt Rule has used his first eight picks as the head coach between the seven last year and the first this year have been all on defense. So I shouldn't frankly be surprised that they went defense in the first round. I thought that they should have gone tackle um, rather than cornerback. But it's a need that they addressed. I just think that tackle was a bigger need. Sure. And and. That's what I love about Matt rule is that he's not a type of coach. We all know that he's an offensive guru. We know him and Joe Brady, a combination that is lethal in the NFL. I like that. He's not saying, you know what? I'm just going to draft the players that I want. I'm only going to draft offensive players and then defense, you know, we'll figure it out or we'll get in free agency. Mm -hmm. I like that. He's trying to build a foundation on defense because he knows defense does win championships look about against Kansas city with Tampa in the super bowl, that Tampa defense was lights out. So if you are able to contain offenses while you as well score points, it's great success. I will say this, Dan, I am very, I am very high on Terrence Marshall jr. And for Mm. Carolina to get him on the 27th pick in the second round, my, I really believe this is a steal. And I, and I hope in the future that he's able to prove me right. and, Sam Darnold has no lack of weapons. Exactly. You have DJ Moore on one side, you have Robbie Anderson on the other side, and you have Terrence Marshall Jr. Oh, by the way, he's 6'3. Good luck trying to get a jump ball from him. Mm-hmm. I really like Carolina's draft overall. I think yeah. JC Horn was they they definitely needed him, but I do believe that it was kind of a a reach. I really think that they could have maybe dropped back maybe near 14 15 or something. Get a tackle still and acquire some additional picks. Yeah, that's why I gave them an A minus because yeah. of their decision in the first round. But, you know, Matt Rule has a great perspective in that as a coach, he started out on defense before he moved to offense. Mm-hmm. And so I think his mind is able to understand both aspects of the ball and drafting. Yeah. Uh, but again, Carolina, they had a great draft that had so many picks and they had a lot of needs. And I think that this team Based off of what I've seen, I think, and we have you know this extra playoff spot, I think that they can absolutely go to the playoffs this coming season. For the Chicago Bears, I had their needs quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Well, guess what? The Chicago Bears mm-hmm. drafted all three of those positions. Mm-hmm. Daz Newsom, wide receiver out of UNC, he's going to be a freak in the NFL if he's paired in the right system, which I think there's a possibility he could have great success in Chicago. I think their worst pick, though, is Larry Bowrum, who is an offensive tackle, The problem is he is terrible against aggressive defensive line. And that NFC North is tough when it comes to that front seven. So good luck for him. Um, I don't know if he's going to start. We'll see. But they drafted the biggest need by far and away, the best pick in in this draft due to the situation that is looming in Chicago. Justin Fields is better than Nick Foles and Andy Dalton combined. (laughs) He could throw with his left hand, eyes closed behind his back, and still be better than those two quarterbacks. Wait, that's okay. No, I mean, no, I'm Come I'm serious. On. They those two are, they're not good. So for the Bears to trade up mm. and to acquire Justin Fields, and the fact they even fell to eleven, I'm I'm surprised. I thought a team was gonna trade up even further to get him. Mm. Am I high on Justin Fields? Do I love him? I don't know yet because my opinions on Ohio State quarterbacks still remain. I want him to prove me wrong, though. I want him to have great success, and Chicago's Chicago fans, they deserve it. They need to have a quarterback that can throw the ball. Justin Fields right now might be the greatest quarterback to ever put on a Chicago Bears uniform, mm-hmm. uh, and he hasn't even thrown a ball yet. So Chicago, because of drafting Justin Fields and acquiring some other picks, A+, mm-hmm. you, you had to get Justin Fields. You were not even in play to get him, when, when they said that there was a trade alert that Chicago was moving up to the 11th pick, I was like, this is really going to happen. Chicago finally decided we need to make some big moves. If or First of all, if Matt Nagy wants to still be a head coach, mm-hmm. he needed to make a move. You know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, look, there was, it didn't work out with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you know, that didn't scare them from taking uh, another gamble with Justin Fields. I thought it was great that they moved up to grab him because I guarantee you the Patriots or maybe another team were wanting to get, Mm -hmm. uh, I think the Vikings at that's what it was. The Vikings were going to take Justin Fields before Chicago moved up. That is him. uh, That would have been. Mm -hmm. I read that the other day that the Vikings were going to get Justin Fields. If Chicago didn't jump in front of them. And I'm thinking if you're the Vikings, you were going to be reminded twice a year for however many years it is that the mistake that you made not getting in front of Chicago, but the Vikings didn't need Justin Fields. No, I am just Bears saying. Bears well, need him. Well, but the thing is, Kirk Cousins is on his last year, and sure. I don't. If they had gone Justin Fields, I can say that Kirk Cousins wouldn't be returning. Uh, yeah, I would. I would agree with that. Next up, we got the other Queen City. We have Cincinnati Bengals. You know, the Bengals. They, I truly believe that they absolutely should have gone offensive tackle in you the had first round. To. You had Penay Sewell right there fall in your lap and you decided to take a wide receiver normally we would say well you know they're at the top of the draft get the best wide receiver but you're also at the top of the second round Mm -hmm. and you could have gotten a wide receiver And there was a lot of good wide receivers still left on the board yes and so for them not to take a tackle um, and go wide receiver it is going to affect them for the next 10 years Mm -hmm. you could have gotten a tackle that would have secured and helped burrow i know that The big thing on Twitter was, well, (laughs) rip Burrow's other knee. Yeah. Because, you know, it's really hard for him to throw a ball when he's being sacked constantly. Mm -hmm. The wide receiver doesn't even matter if he's always on his back. But the thing is, they drafted a tackle in the second round. You know what they're going to do, Drew? They're going to use him as a guard. They're not even going to use him as a tackle next year. Because he's not as good as probably the current left tackle. This is what I don't understand. Jamar Chase, by the way, he's your and I's best wide receiver. Or we think he's going to be the best. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm high on Chase. That's not the issue. But the issue is, Dan, you said they draft a wide receiver the first round and then a tackle the second round. I don't believe, I believe the gap between Sewell and Carmen, who's the tackle out of Clemson they drafted, there is a much greater gap than if they had drafted a wide receiver in the second round versus Chase. Sewell is a generational tackle. He's extremely physical. You needed to protect Joe Burrow. And the fact that you you address that in the second round and you're not even making them a tackle, mm-hmm. that man, I'm glad I'm not grading them. I'm glad you are because yeah. mine would be very low. I um well, there, I gave them a B. And the reason why is because, you know, picking up one of the best wide receivers, that's great for them. And they picked up Joseph Asai, who was out of Texas, you know, hook him. Uh, he fell all the way to the third round. Yeah. And that was a great pickup for them. So I give them a B. Because they did address their needs, I just don't like in how they address them, especially when you draft a tackle and you're not even going to use them as a yeah. tackle. You yeah. still need a tackle as a team. And they had a lot of picks, and they, they definitely plugged some holes of, of need. So Cincinnati, you, you made some good moves, but you also probably made the most questionable move in the first round by not drafting Seoul. For the Cleveland Browns, though, home city of the draft, Uh, Drew, I don't know if you saw this past weekend when Jacoby Jones was, speaking of the Browns, when Jacoby Jones was doing his announcement for the Ravens and all the Browns fans were booing him, and he's like, you can boo me all you want. I got a ring. Yeah, I got one. I got one. Mm -hmm. He's got a ring. He does. Cleveland Browns on the head. Um, And they're still searching for it. You're still searching for it. I really like the moves they made, though. Greg Newsom, the second to get him at the 26 pick, that was a solid move. I I wouldn't say it's A+. But getting Jeremiah Osuokomora, that was my linebacker that I thought was going to be... I I still think he's going to be an absolute gem in the NFL. They acquired him in the second round at the 20th pick. Mm -hmm. That is probably... Steal. That is a steal. And those two draft picks alone gave him an A+. Because you drafted two high-quality players and maybe positions that most people thought they weren't going to be. They they addressed some other needs that they... They simply had to defensively. I don't think that they have a worse pick, though. They addressed the linebacker and the safety. They got that, and I said that was their need before coming in the draft. You drafted two defensive players that are going to start right away, and you got them at a pretty good value. I'm happy with what the Browns have done. So I gave him an A+. All right, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. I had Dallas taking Mika Parsons in the first round, and guess what they did? And the great thing is they traded back to do it. They traded with a division rival which was weird for us to see, but mm-hmm. you traded back and you got the player that we both thought yes. would be a great addition. Their defense was atrocious last year and Jerry Jones must have heard us yeah. and he also <laughs> must have saw their play because their first six picks were on defense in the draft. Yeah. I I liked Dallas's draft. I gave him an A. Uh, Drew, I know that you you are very high on I'm very Mika. high on Mika Parsons. I thought they were a the fact that they were able to trade back and still get the best linebacker in the draft, you couldn't ask for a better situation for Jerry Jones. Normally, he's not mm-hmm. the one that makes good decisions. Normally, he screws it up. Maybe Mike McCarthy being in the draft war room with him has maybe rubbed off a little bit. But getting Mika Parsons at the 12th pick after trading back and acquiring some other assets, kudos to the Dallas Cowboys. They hit a home run in this draft because they drafted, they only drafted three offensive players in this draft. Mm-hmm. Every other pick. And they had how many picks? They had 11 picks and eight of them were defense. That's mm-hmm. how you draft. Good job, Jerry Jones. I hope that Mika Parsons pans out because I really love watching him play. And like we've said, when Dallas plays better, it's, it's great for the league. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see Dallas do well, especially since Dak will be back. Uh, but Drew, who, who who's next on the list? So the Denver Broncos, I am extremely frustrated that you didn't draft your biggest knee, which was a quarterback. I thought you were going to trade up and maybe mm-hmm. acquire Mac Jones or Justin Fields. You needed a quarterback, a cornerback, linebacker, and an interior defensive lineman. I thought their best pick was Javante Williams. Running back at a UNC, he can do it all. He can run the ball. He can catch out of the backfield. He can play special teams, kick return, punt return. It doesn't matter. But acquiring Patrick Sertain the second at the ninth pick, what mm. are you doing? <laughs> I understand you know Mac Jones was still on the board maybe they sh- maybe they should have acquired him or maybe they didn't like him and i love Pat Surtain II the but they had far greater needs and the fact that you don't get a quarterback is is infuriating for me honestly mm-hmm. and drafting only 3 offensive players out of you know a total of 7 defense those numbers don't add up because your your biggest thing is your offense needs help and your defense is much better so not getting a quarterback, your biggest need. I'm giving you a B plus because I do think that they made some good moves. So the Denver Broncos get a B minus. Should have gotten a quarterback. I'm not confident in Drew Lock. I don't think he's going to win you games at all. Well, the word on the street is that Aaron Rodgers, you know, could be yeah, looking he's not for going new I know. I'm just saying he, he he may leave, but I don't think he's going to go to Denver. Maybe our team will acquire him. Who knows? Yeah, I no. I, well, we don't need him. Like, that's not them. that's not. Well, obviously, we would love to have him, but luckily we don't need him, which we could not say many years ago. Mm-hmm. So Detroit Lions Motor City. Look, one draft is not going to make this team infinitely better anytime yes. soon. OK, but they had a great start. They drafted Sewell at number seven in a number seven in the first round, which was a no brainer. And I can't, I bet you Detroit didn't expect that's how. To see. Did you not see the reaction oh, when they were, him, their general manager? Goodness uh, gracious! I've, that they mm-hmm. were they were jumping for joy because he fell to seven. Yes, they had to, they did nothing. They just sat there and they got the, the overall best tackles mm-hmm. a, a, for a position they absolutely needed. In their first two picks, they went offensive tackle in the first round, defensive tackle in the second round. So they addressed their two biggest concerns right away. Yeah. So Detroit, you're headed in the right direction. Again, you've got a long way to go. Uh, But I'll give him a B-plus for Hmm. this draft. And Levi, their second-round pick out of Washington, the defensive tackle, he's got a difficult last name. I thought that was a tremendous pick for them. I think being 6'3", 290 pounds, he's physical, he can tackle, he can run stuff. I like their pick. So the first two picks, like you said, Dan, I think were home runs for them. They didn't really have that many draft picks, and this yeah. is a team with mm-hmm. a lot of needs. Yes, but I do like the direction they went, and getting Soul at seven was a steal. Yeah, I'm I, I was teetering on whether to give them an A or not. Um, I give them a B plus. It's it's hard to get an A on mm-hmm. him. I'm, I'm a tough grader. Yeah, but going your two biggest needs in round one and round two, great for Detroit. The Green Bay Packers talked about Aaron Rodgers. Who knows if he's going to be there? The way things are trending, he he's he's out of there, Dan. I mean, he, he does not want to be there. He is talking smack about his GM. I saw that and like he he's, he's done. And I don't know what team's going to acquire him. They're going to have to give up a lot. It's got to be a team that has a lot of draft picks in the future or a ton of talent on their team that they're willing to sacrifice, uh, giving up to green Bay. And, and it's gotta be a team that actually has a quarterback on the roster because green Bay can't just send Aaron Rodgers and not get a quarterback in return because Jordan love mm-hmm. is not the answer. Here, before you go into your draft with the Aaron Rodgers situation, I don't know which side to take because I look at Aaron Rodgers and he wants more input in the team. He doesn't feel that they have listened to him. There was a a wide receiver this past year. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, who Aaron Rodgers praised, and literally the next day they cut him from the team. And apparently that was the last straw for Aaron with Green Bay. But on the flip side, he's gone to the NFC Championship two years in a row. And it's like you say that you don't have talent, but you've been able to get to the championship. So I don't know which side to take in this situation, but yes, by name calling his GM and group tax uh, and group text, I think that's a little unprofessional, Uh, but I think it is unprofessional because if we can't hold Aaron Rodgers to a separate standard as everybody else, it's true. In fact, it's probably a higher standard. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers, nobody can disagree that he's not a, freak of a a talent that he's a generational QB. We're not arguing that now, as far as personal, you know, things that he said and done, that's a big question mark. And I know we're going to talk about the draft, but I think this is something that we need to discuss temporarily is Aaron Rodgers? I'm for you, but also you're putting yourself in a position where I'm going to be against you because you have to perform like Dan said, and I know that they haven't put pieces around you. And that's why I'm giving you the green Bay Packers a D in this draft because you drafted a wide receiver, your biggest need, in the third round. And yeah. by the way, they drafted another Rodgers. So you're going to be Rodgers to Rodgers. That's kind of a slap in the face to Aaron in the first two rounds when they still do not draft hey, a wide receiver. Dan, the thing is, no matter what, there's going to be a Rodgers on this team next year. <laughs> <It's>, we <laughs> just don't know true. if it's going to be Aaron. Uh, and so their best pick, though, I think uh, Ted Slayton is a solid pick for defensive tackle. The fact that they were able to get him in the fifth round, out of Florida. I think that they, he slid further than maybe expected. So that's a good acquisition for them. But overall the green Bay Packers, you didn't draft a wide receiver in the first round. You didn't draft him one in the second round. You waited to the third round to draft something that Aaron Rodgers has been pleading you to draft because at the same time, Dan, Devonte Adams may not be there next year. Mm-hmm. And if you're not drafting for the future, what are you doing? And who is their first round pick? Eric Stokes, he's a cornerback out of Georgia. Yeah, I, that's I, I thought this would I thought it was a cornerback because when I saw that they picked a cornerback in the first round, I'm like, what? What is this team doing? Yeah, uh, so. yeah, I agree. Um, look, we're, there's going to be Rodgers on that roster next year. We know yeah. that. That's a slam dunk. Fact. Okay. If you're a Texans fan, I'm sorry. It is it is rough being a Texans fan. They only had five picks in this draft, and none of them were in the first, second, fourth, or seventh round. <laughs> Their first pick, which was in the third round, was Davis Mills from mm-hmm. Stanford quarterback. And that pick, their very first pick, shows me that they have no faith in the Watson situation. Yeah, and Dano, I don't think he's gonna be. That's in the what Daniel Jeremiah said. He said this mm-hmm. pick right here tells me that Sean Watson has played his last snap in Houston. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so, um it's a it's a really messy situation. Again, it's a situation nobody wins. Yes. You're right. But Deshaun Watson, he might be done in Houston, and drafting Davis Mills, it probably put a nail in the coffin within that. Yeah, and we don't uh, we don't know if Davis Mills could be successful because mm-hmm. we've had quarterbacks go in the third round. Russell Wilson's a famous third round pick. Yeah, Dak Prescott was also the third round. So you know, Houston, this could be an advantage to them. I gave them a C because this whole organization's a crapshoot in how they've managed <laughs> their draft picks mm-hmm. and their rosters. I give them a C. Look, you got a quarterback at least. Um, But beyond that, I don't have much hope for this roster. In Houston, they were able to get Brevin Jordan tied in out of Miami out of the fifth round. But this draft, when it comes to tight end, it's one of the weakest position groups. Yeah. You had Kyle Pitts, and then there's a massive drop-off. Big drop-off. Yes, I agree. But I think he's much better than a fifth-round talent. And so for them to get him in, you know, but mm -hmm. the thing is, who's throwing him the ball? That's the biggest question mark that Houston has looming over their head. So I gave him a C. Yeah. C's fair. Uh, well, I'm going to another AFC South team, Indianapolis Colts. I gave him a C as well. They didn't do anything flashy. Their best pick though, Kwiddie pay best pick edge out of Michigan. Their worst pick though, Sam Ellinger quarterback, Texas. They most likely could have got him in free agency. He was the last quarterback to get drafted mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't want to chance it. Maybe they needed to get something just in case Carson Wentz doesn't pan out. Again, their draft their draft wasn't anything flashy. The, a lot of their picks were more depth, so I give them kudos to that. But Quiddy Pay solid pick in the first round, at the twenty first pick. Yeah, I think and that's that's fair. And he also has a fantastic personal story. Yeah, uh, so great for. I mean, you couldn't help but be emotional when he did his interview and he said that his mom is retiring, um, and just the work that she's. Oh done. yeah, so, the, when he said he he, yeah. he gets to retire his mom now. Yeah, yeah. That, that's those what, are things that you're like, man. The, these are awesome moments. So. Yeah, a great personal story for them. Uh, but we're going to take it to another AFC South team, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Many episodes ago when we talked about um, the needs for teams to wrap up the season, I said that the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have great weapons for Trevor whenever he's drafted. Mm-hmm. But it'll be a year or two before they seriously um, are worth considering as playoff contenders. But the first pick, look, as as with every year, you wasted our 10 minutes. You should have at 959 Put it in for Trevor Lawrence because that's that's we knew who that's what it was going to be. And he had more Jersey sales uh, than any other player in uh, the draft ever, even more than Joe Burrow last year. So a lot of people are looking forward to seeing Trevor Lawrence. Um, This was the worst team in football, and they took the best player in the draft. Mm -hmm. Luckily for them, the best player was a quarterback. So that does work in their favor. Um, But I was perplexed that seeing Jacksonville take a running back in the first round. Yeah, Travis Etienne, that was... Yeah, mm -hmm. out of Clemson. He was teammates with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, their buddy. Great chemistry already. But But that was a reach. Yeah, yeah, it was a reach because first off, taking running backs in the first round, we have discovered through history in the NFL, running backs in the first round are usually busts. Mm -hmm. We have seen that... Running backs in the later rounds are worth it, and even undrafted. Oh, I have an undrafted rookie from oh, last year, James funny. Robinson. Doesn't he play for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Absolutely. Wasn't he top five in rushing and still missed two games last year? Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Yes. What in the world are you drafting Travis Etienne for when you have a great running back already? Mm-hmm. That is a huge question mark. It. The, this pick made no sense to me, especially um, because first-round running backs are traditionally overrated. However... I will say, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they pick their biggest need and they have a defensive problem. And they were able to address that in this draft. I'm going to give them a B- minus because they took a running back in the first round when they have a fantastic one in James Robinson. I think they're trying to go with a one-two punch with their running back. But with the amount of needs that you have as the worst team in football... Mm You should have gone elsewhere. The only team in the NFL right now that is actually good at the one-two punch is the Cleveland Browns. Mm -hmm. And Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are worlds better than the duo of James Robinson and Travis Etienne. And you needed to give Trevor Lawrence either another offensive weapon, maybe some offensive lineman or something, or address your defense. This pick in the first round of a running back was not even a need. I agree with the B minus I probably maybe even give them a C just because I'm straight annoyed by that pick. <laughs> but the Kansas city chiefs didn't have a first round pick. They traded it to the Baltimore Ravens to acquire Orlando Brown. Their draft though, Dane was straight depth. It was, there are going to be no immediate starters on this, this, mm-hmm. you know, as far as their six draft picks, they needed a wide receiver, linebacker and cornerback. They did all three of those acquiring Nick Bolton out of Missouri at linebacker. I did not like that. I think Chaz Surratt at UNC is better overall. Only time will tell. Well, you know, I'm sure if I'm right within that pick. I think the biggest steal in the draft overall was Trey Smith falling to the sixth round offensive guard out of Tennessee. I thought he was a first round talent. The fact that he fell to the sixth round is it's, it's crazy. I understand that there's some health concerns because I, I believe he gets blood clots or something in his lungs. I get I understand that teams are very cautious of it but he's a first round talent dropping to the 6th round in an area that Kansas City not only has improved this offseason with they just created some more depth and that was a great move for them but I'm giving him a B minus overall again th- everything here was just depth I don't, no one here is probably going to be started maybe Creed Humphrey the center out of Oklahoma he might be a starter I don't think so so it, when you're in a position of the Chiefs and you're that yeah. good that's what you it's want same, same with Tampa but we'll is, get there that's what you want as a team you want depth with the draft um that shows how good a team is all right next up we have the Las Vegas Raiders look this is another year that i am confused on what John Gruden and Mike Mayock are doing <laughs> they dropped I, in players with cool last names that's, I, that's all we know yeah i can't figure out what they're why are they making this so hard they took Alex Leatherwood in the first round, and he wasn't even on my list of top five tackles. In fact, they declined trading back in the draft just so that they wouldn't lose out on him. So I'm not sure what they saw. Well, what they in, did was they they flipped their first-round pick and their second-round pick because Trevor Moring is a first-round talent. Yes, yeah. And that, they were able to give him the second mm-hmm. round. I said the Raiders' defense was just poo-poo last year. Mm-hmm. And using top of the 3-7 picks on safety positions, come on. Look, Mo Ring, we both gave him a first-round grade and I think that was great for them to take. You used 3 of your top 7 picks on one position and that's safety. Yeah, they drafted 3 safeties. That's that first the fact that you used 3 safeties in general, but you did it in your first 7 picks, you did 3. Yeah, that, that tells and, me that they're they're probably going to play nickel defense, maybe yeah. putting a lot of uh DBs back there to I don't know, maybe maybe they need that to in order to get better because their division is a passing division. Mm-hmm. So you need to have players that can play in the secondary. So maybe this is a smart move for them. Maybe getting three safeties is going to help them out. Look, I, I gave them a C+, plus because I don't know what they were thinking on Leatherwood. Uh, the only reason why they're getting a plus next to the C is because they got Murray in the in the second round, mm-hmm. who was the best safety in the draft. But doing three safeties in one draft is complete overkill. Um, you your defense needs so much help, and you put so much focus on one position. Uh, so I give the the Raiders a C plus. Yeah, and for the Los Angeles Chargers, Ooh. their position I need was offensive tackle, cornerback, edge. They drafted all three of those positions, so mm. good for them. Their b- yes. best pick though, Rashawn Slater. Slater. Their mm-hmm. their best pick, thirteen overall, didn't have to do anything. No teams fought for him. They're like, okay, let's let him slide to us so we can protect Justin Herbert. Great first round pick. Their worst pick, I think Trey McKiddy tied in out of Georgia. I think uh Brevin Jordan out of Miami was a was a better option for them. But overall, I'm gonna give him an A minus. They they addressed uh the cornerback situation, Asante Samuel Jr. So we'll see if he's as good as his father was in the NFL. Nothing flashy about it, but they addressed it, their needs. And that's on, that's that's all you can ask for. On your list, um, I'm not gonna say based off mine because I haven't there's teams I haven't done yet, but on your list. The Chargers had my favorite draft. Once again, they've had two back-to-back years of great picking. However, you, that has to translate into success in the league. You can win the draft every single year, mm-hmm. but if your team is not winning when it matters, that's when it's a problem. Yeah. But the Chargers, they're trending in the right direction, and I think they had a fantastic draft, For my personal opinion, mm-hmm. uh, for your group of teams, Drew. Uh, but for myself, I have the other L.A. team. That's the Rams, The Rams didn't have a first round pick and, you know, take a drink. If you've heard that before, Mm -hmm. uh, and they won't have one next year either or the year after that. So the Rams once again, didn't have a first round pick and that's because they gave it to Jacksonville in their deal for Jalen Ramsey, which Mm -hmm. has worked out for them. It was a fantastic addition for them last year and one of the best, if not the best corners. So that was their first round pick and it worked well for them. Their second round pick was on a wide receiver. That is your deepest position group on the roster, and you went for wide receiver. Well, you know what that tells me, though, Dan? Mm. You know, Tutu Adwell, that's who they drafted. Mm-hmm. He's only 5'9". So that Probably tells me that teams he's going to be like a special teams, mm-hmm. maybe kick punt return, or they're going to use him to be kind of that gimmick wide receiver, maybe because, you know, Sean McVay loves using those gimmick plays, and there was a lot of other good wide receivers on the board that are much. Yeah. I uh, mean, they're just better. With, so. with um, excuse me, with the Rams it's hard because you're in a, you're a team that needs more offensive talent, mm-hmm. definitely a tight end, but this is not the draft to get a tight end. So, and you don't have a first round pick. So what do you do when you have to draft more on the offense than you do the defense in positions that aren't very deep this year? Yeah. So, you know, the getting a tight end for them just didn't make sense uh, with, you know, the value of the pick and the value of the actual player. So, I have the Rams with a C. Uh, just I'm going to give you mediocre because that's the way the Rams drafted this year. It was yeah. mediocre, and I don't like the fact that they had a, they picked wide receiver, which is their deepest position in all of the entire team. That's their yeah. deepest position. The best team in this draft, in my opinion, all 32 NFL teams. The Miami Dolphins. Mm. Their draft mm-hmm. gets an A plus plus. Their draft needs were wide receiver, offensive tackle, running back, edge, interior defensive lineman. Their best pick was Javon Holland. Second round, fourth pick. He's a great safety out of Oregon. The fact that they got him in the second round, but also were able to get Jalen Phillips out of Miami, and then Jalen Waddell, wide receiver at the sixth pick. Oh, and by the way, they got Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle out of Notre Dame, and they got the second best tight end in the draft in Hunter Long out of Boston College in the third round. So you hit home runs in your first, second, third, fourth, and fifth pick. So they had two other picks, but those were really like, hey, that is that is a cherry on top. Miami hit the nail on the head in their draft. I don't know how they do yeah. it. Who, Whatever they're drinking down on Miami now is a different flavor than they've been drinking 10 <laughs> years ago because well, 10 years ago, we, we would be saying they miss on the draft. Look, you know, I was a little envious of the teams that you were getting because the two teams that I felt did the best Uh, for the draft for the Chargers and the Dolphins. yeah, I liked both of their drafts. Miami, uh, again, yes, they absolutely hit it out of the park. Um, What they're building in Miami, and the thing is, they were so good last year. yeah. And, I mean, granted, you know, they didn't make it to the playoffs after the The (laughs) collapse of the Bills. Yes, the collapse. Um, But they're trending in the right direction, Mm -hmm. and they just had a stellar draft. But, again, with the Chargers, the Dolphins also need to be able to produce in the regular season. But what Brian Flores and Chris Greer are doing down in Miami is something to be optimistic about. They are drafting well. They played, like you said, Dan, they played well last year. It's too a tongue of low, though. He's going to be able to stay healthy, and he's going to be so. able to put them over the hump and make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's an additional game next year, and that might help them. But they drafted really well in this draft. My team that blew it away, they hit... First five picks and and got some first-round talent in the second round. and Yeah, Hunter Long going in third round. Oh, my goodness. That Yeah, was that, that crazy. was uh, the fact that he did fall to midway through the third round is maybe teams just had bigger needs, but that was a steal for them. All right, so I have the Minnesota Vikings. A couple of weeks ago when I said that the Vikings, at the end of the season, they truly need defensive help. And, well, they took to that in this draft. A couple of edge rushers, a defensive tackle, Chas surat a great linebacker from North Carolina, who, who actually I'm huge on. I love him. He originally started as a quarterback, mm-hmm. and the coaches said, Hey, why don't you transition to linebacker? And he's an athletic freak. Mm-hmm. And that was absolutely the best decision that he could have had for his career going from, <laughs> I'm thinking as a coach, how they decide maybe it's his size and they see how he moves, and like, you know what? you're not a good quarterback, but you'd make a great linebacker. Yeah. Like the, the, the mental, um, aspect of changing from an leading an offense to now being on the defense. Um, but that has worked well. So they, I really like their pick, uh, with Surratt. they've shored up their O line. And I believe that the Vikings get an a in this draft, like the Panthers, the Vikings had 11 picks, and four of them were in the third round. And we both know, Drew, that that is the sweet spot for mm-hmm. players. And they got some really good picks in the mm-hmm. third round. Yeah. So Patrick I, Jones, the second defensive mm-hmm. end at Pittsburgh, great. Wyatt Davis, who I'll talk about in a little later. They hit the, I think they did really well too. I would give them an A plus if I had to rank them. Well, you know, I'm a tough grader, so I'm going to give them an A. Uh, yeah. But that's it, fair. Yeah. That's what I've got for the Vikings. But the New England Patriots, biggest need quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. I'm going to give them an A minus because Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama, he fell out of the first, which yeah. that was surprising. probably the most surprising to me mm-hmm. is the fact that he fell out of the first round. That's because, first of all, Leatherwood going to Oakland in the first round, that, bruh, what, 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 it's like that's what I understand is that players like that are going into the first round and then you have players like Christian Barmore fall into the second. The New England Patriots, they're pumped for this because they, they acquired him and they acquired Mac Jones at the 15th spot, and they didn't have to do anything. Yeah, He fell right in their lap. And then Mac Jones, when he went on stage with Roger Goodell, he said, hey, this is exactly what I wanted. Don't tell anyone. And, mm. you know, if Mac Jones wanted to be there, if that's his genuine opinion, and New England really wanted him, the league would just make it easier for Bill Belichick yeah, I was to, to say, get to another Super Bowl. These teams, they get, they get upset with New England Bill Belichick. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are doing it to yourselves. Yeah, and I think that New England is still going to start Cam Newton. I think rightfully so. Mac Jones well I think he has to earn his his stripes sort of speak Absolutely and but you have to give it to Cam Newton he hasn't had he didn't have an off season last year Yeah and he he hasn't been able to mesh with his teammates so you have to put an asterisk against Cam Newton's start in New England Yeah Let's give Cam a full season and then determine after the next season but you know, Mac Jones, I mean, the talk of the town was him leaving the draft room and he was like speed walking out to the stage. And yeah, he was, <laughs> he was he like was, Shark Tank. Yeah. That, that meme like, that was floating around. I don't like, though, that they drafted a wide receiver in the seventh round. That's the only wide receiver they drafted. Trey Nixon out of UCF. Which is a position that they definitely need, especially, they, especially since Edelman has Yeah, since has Edelman retired. has retired. Well, not according well, to Tom Brady. Yeah, he's not he's, retired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but... You, you you can't get your one of your biggest needs in the seventh round. I think that was a mistake. But the fact that they were to get they were able to get Mac Jones and Christian Barmore, that alone gives them an A minus because those are two great draftees that they have acquired in New England. So the New Orleans Saints, they had six picks in this draft, but not a single one truly stood out to me. Ian book from Notre Dame was taken in the fourth round. So this could potentially be the quarterback of the future in new Orleans, mm. uh, but between him, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, wh- I don't know. Is this a keeping care? So I don't know. I, I agree with you, Dan. I, there's nothing flashy about this draft that the saints did. And I think they just drafted whatever was there. Yeah. You know, I gave him a D for the draft. The saints have a tight salary situation. So they lost many free agents this past off season. And with Drew Brees gone, this is an underwhelming draft. And I see them actually coming in third or fourth in the division next year. Ooh. Who do you think is going second? Well, I think it's going to be Tampa. And then Tampa's first. I think that um, Carolina could be second. Potentially Atlanta. We'll see. Again, they have the offensive talent. But it's Tampa, I think Carolina, then Atlanta. And fourth, I see New Orleans. So this is how I see it. Because I'm sure people are curious. Tampa is going to win the division as of right now. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get into our preseason stuff a long time away, but I think Atlanta and Carolina might share the same record because I think Atlanta's defense Atlanta's offense is much better than Carolina's, but Carolina's defense is much mm-hmm. better. Than That's Atlanta's. why I said uh, two so and I, three could be. I, a yeah. Sw- I think, I think switch. those two will, will share a tie for second place. And then New Orleans, there is nothing that they are doing right now that gives me any confidence that they are going to compete for but the I division. But said, I said, the Saints, I said, they're either going to be third or fourth. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to be second, no. surely not first. I, as of right now, time will tell. But the next team, one of the New York teams, the New York Giants, look, they needed a quarterback, wide receiver, edge, and defensive line. I think that their best pick was Azizi Ojolari. You know I'm high on him. I'm really high on the linebackers in this draft. I think yeah. there is a mm-hmm. deep... set of linebackers that were in this draft. And they they got the middle second round. I think he slipped. I had him go in the first round because I do think he's a first-round talent. I do not like that their pick of Kadarius Tooney in the first round out of Florida, wide receiver. You had Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall Jr. Those three were still on the board, and I think they are better. The Mm -hmm. fact that they drafted Tooney on the 20th overall pick I think that was a huge reach. I don't even think Tooney was a first-round talent, maybe yeah. midway second or late second. Mm-hmm. The, the Giants, I, they traded back in the first round. They it. did. They they yes. made a really good trade for, for future stuff. But them getting Tooney in the first round when there was much better wide receivers on the board, that's disappointing. And they didn't even need a wide... That wasn't even their biggest need. Yeah, exactly. Your, your biggest need were some other things. You could have gotten an offensive lineman or something. Yeah, yeah like... It, there was plenty in this draft, and they didn't even address that until, oh, guess what, Dan? They didn't address that. They didn't even draft a single offensive lineman in this draft. Two linebackers, two corners, running back, and a wide receiver. There's some questions within this, and the fact that they did draft two cornerbacks was a little surprising, but I give them a B minus. I think Azizi Ojalari was a great pick for them. Again, I thought he was first round talent. He fell to the second round, and so I got to give him a B minus. You know, I have the other. Uh, New York team with the New York jets general manager, Joe Douglas going for Zach Wilson. I thought that was a lock. I know drew you said, well, you know, but for me to look, it was, he was going there. Yeah. The biggest problem with the whole Sam Darnold situation in years prior was that he didn't have any weapons around him or any protection. Yeah. Douglas went, offense for the first four picks in this draft mm-hmm. his second pick in the first round was a guard the best guard in the draft and after after tucker the, the the guard talent considerably drops off yeah in this draft it was not a good draft for guards so having protection for zach wilson which he didn't do for sam darnold first four picks were on offense but their last six were on defense but you have robert Sala as your head coach now uh, who is defensively a fantastic coach. So I have I have um some optimism for what they're gonna yeah. be doing in New Jersey. Or excuse me. They play in New Jersey, but they're New York. Uh I give them a B plus in the draft. I really like Elijah Moore. That the wide receiver route old miss that they were able to acquire in the second round. Yeah, I think that, he's yes I think oh, he I was didn't a mention, Sorry. I yes they Elijah Moore. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't I didn't say that, but that was yeah, one of their so, offensive talents. Yeah, that was the third pick for them. That was a tremendous pick. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. He's going to be somewhat similar to A.J. Brown. I hope so, anyway. yes. Well, Michael Carter, also the other running back coming out of Carolina. That was a lethal one-two punch in Carolina. He fell to the fourth round, and that was surprising to see you have to give your credit in past drafts. They really haven't done well. And I think this was a really good draft for them is, is well balanced. So, you know, with the whole Adam Gase situation, I really think when they started their head coach search, Joe Douglas and the, the owner, um, the Johnsons, I think they really did some self-reflecting said, we have got to get this right. Yeah. We have to be real intent with getting coaches and drafting. Like yeah. I think their approach and their draft, I mean, I gave them a B plus they could potentially have an A minus. Yeah. Um, I think that this draft for them is much different than years past. And they, I don't think they truly want to screw it up. No team wants to screw it up, but I think they're really intentional this year. One of the teams with the worst wide receiving core in the NFL, Philadelphia Eagles. And they drafted the very first pick. They traded up to acquire Devonte Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. You drafted one wide receiver in this entire draft. Yes, that was your best pick, but that was also your kind of worst pick is because you only drafted one. And the good thing is Devontae Smith is now teamed again with former teammate Jalen Hurts. Maybe that'll, you know, create some, you know, chemistry going forward. I, you got to get a B minus though. I think Philadelphia, they're they're bad. So they, they needed to draft more wide receivers though. You did happen to get one of the best in the draft. Hopefully Devontae Smith pans out. But other than that, you get a B-minus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers. You had one job, one job only in the first round. That was good at running back. I mean, Najee Harris was look uh, completely unsurprised by this selection. But they used half of their draft on defense. They had nine picks, four offense, four defense, one special teams by drafting a punter in the seventh round. But the reason they started this season 11-0 but floundered at the end was the offense. Mm-hmm. And they didn't spend enough. And you just lost one of the best tackles Villanueva going to Baltimore and you needed to be able to replace him. And I just don't know why there was so much emphasis on the defensive side in this draft for Pittsburgh. I give them just a, a C they're getting yeah. a C from me. Cause they only drafted one offensive alignment. Uh, of mm-hmm. So uh, they did acquire a great tight end and Pat Faramuth. So we'll see how Pittsburgh handles it. But the 49ers, I am very high on Trey Lance. I wanted Trey Lance to go to San Fran. We both. The longest we, we both got it right. Said that he was going to go to San Francisco. Yeah, and he and he he got drafted by them. They needed a quarterback, cornerback, and offensive lineman. They were able to do all three of those in this draft. Trey Lance, love this pick, love 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 this pick. I think he's going to be a stud in San Fran. I really hope Kyle Shanahan uses him to be. They said, you know, he they said that he was the smartest quarterback Mm -hmm. in this draft. Like his his intellect was off the charts. For them, and they just couldn't pass him up. And And they've known for a long time they were going to draft him. Yeah, and the fact that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said no one knew. Trey Lance said he didn't even know if he was going to San Francisco because it was so hush-hush within the organization. No one knew beyond Lynch and Shanahan. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he had a great response. He said he's going to help Trey Lance. Yeah, that's good. It's a great attitude. Tom Brady did the same thing to Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, some people said... Uh, Tom kind of pushed him out <laughs> to, to get to San Francisco. No, uh, <laughs> I but, think that was Bill Belichick more than anything, but I, that was a great response. Look, I, I think a lot of players get caught up in, they feel like their position is being taken from them. You need to be better than yeah. them. you don't want someone to take your spot. Then you be need better. to play better. Give than them, them a reason not to draft a quarterback. Exactly. Jimmy has given them many reasons to draft a quarterback, mm-hmm. but I love one of the reasons why they didn't leak Trey Lance, you know, going to San Fran Is because they believe, as in John Lynch and and, uh, Kyle Shanahan, is they didn't want other teams in the NFC West to draft for personnel to match Trey Lance. Correct. Well, guess what? There's another quarterback, a.k.a. Russell Wilson, that's a pretty good quarterback. And Trey Lance is not near the runner as he is, and he's not as good as he is. So I don't understand this like, well, we don't want to give an opportunity for other teams in the division to draft defensive players that will match up best for Trey Lance. Uh, look, that, that's a – I don't understand I where that's also, coming from. Yeah, I didn't like that take because teams have depth charts for all of these positions. So if they saw Trey Lance, I guarantee you that their draft room has, for weeks or months, looked at scenarios of what do we do if yeah. they draft Trey Lance. Like, come on, these these teams and these general managers are smarter than this article gives them credit for. Mm-hmm. I have the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle only had three draft picks and it comes – Completely awful defense this past year. So what do you do? Well, you know, you only use one pick on defense. And <laughs> they, but however, they did go cornerback to help stop the bleeding of the scoring that the, the defense is allowing. Um, their defense gave up some of the most points last year. Uh, Seattle, I gave them a B with their draft. It's it's hard to grade them because they I only, have they three only had three picks. But... The picks that they do have, uh, especially cornerback from Oklahoma, Trey Brown, it works in their favor. So, but I give them a B because it, it's kind of hard when you only have three picks. But this team, whew, but that they, defense needs help. It does need help. I was very surprised to see that they drafted an offensive tackle in the sixth round. Now, Stone Forsythe, he's 6'8". Mm-hmm. He's a big boy. Maybe maybe that's who the who's the best available on the board, but... The fact that Russell Wilson's been begging and pleading for offensive alignment and you didn't draft one until the sixth round. Now, yep. Granted, you mm-hmm. didn't have many picks, but you did have one in the second round. So yes. why not draft someone there? Exactly. Why wait till the sixth? But the defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I gave them a C minus. The reason being is because everything that everyone that they drafted, not a single one of them is going to start yep. <laughs> because yep. all twenty two returning players are starters. So that's hard. You you drafted, you know, not necessarily, I don't really think they drafted positions of need. I think they more so just drafted who's best available. Yeah. I mean, because I thought it, mm-hmm. they needed a running back. I really wanted them to get, you know, either Carter or Williams in the, their first pick. And they also needed a tight end and they didn't draft either one of those. So for them, it was really, again, just depth. So therefore you get a C minus. I do find it curious of why they drafted Kyle Trask in the second round. Depth. It's all depth. And if you're going to take a but, depth position... But the position, thing is, why take... not wait till next year? You know Tom Brady's playing this year. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Trask is... I don't, I don't think he's world's better. And I think maybe you could either trade it back or just... You know what? Let's not draft a quarterback this year well, for behind Tom Brady. Let's wait till next year. It's hard year. to perfect perfection. That's what they have yeah. in Tampa Bay. Maybe, maybe so. they wanted to see how he'll do under Tom Brady because we don't know what the future is going to hold. Also... Just because they draft him, that doesn't mean they're going to keep him. He could develop into a great quarterback sure. and trade with another team. Yeah, trade bait. They um, that, That's what they could be doing. So for my last team, uh, I have the Tennessee Titans. For me, their draft was very 50-50. They did great on getting Caleb Farley in the first round. He fell all the way to 22. If he didn't have his ACL injury a couple of years ago and the two back surgeries prior to the draft process... Pick. Absolutely top 10 pick. And yeah. he would have been the overall best cornerback as By well. Far. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are taking a gamble. But like I said, they took a gamble on Jeffrey Simmons a couple years ago when they drafted him after his ACL tear, and it's worked for them. Yeah, So I think they're hoping for the same situation. They took a tackle in the second round, which, look, they're saying that they truly screwed up with Isaiah uh, Wilson last year. And they did. they, they Big but time. Their tackle in the second round, Dylan Redones. So I'm sorry I'm saying that wrong because he says it it's not phonetic. Uh that was a first round talent for for a lot of teams. So they hit on those two with the with Caleb Farley. That's a gamble, but it could pay off. High risk, high reward. A first round talent with the tackle in the second round, an absolute steal with Elijah Molden at yeah, pick one. So to the third round from Washington. Mm-hmm. He he is very small, but he's gonna work well with feisty. It. Yes. Watch the tape on him. I watched the tape on him and he is no, he is not afraid to tackle. He is is extreme. He reminded me of like an Earl Thomas in a way, unless it's Derrick Henry, because Earl Thomas, we know, didn't want to tackle him. Well, but Elijah Molden, I think is going to be a really good corner, especially for this defense, because they really need him. I I, I like that they were able to acquire him. What I don't like though is what is Tennessee's problem with drafting players? I'm not done yet. Okay, that's fine. Oops. I'll let you. I'll let you talk uh, about but it. Speaking of Elijah Molden, you know he said that he loves to tackle. He's happy that he doesn't have to tackle Der- Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, you know this team uh, needed a wide receiver behind AJ Brown. They lost Corey Davis. They lost New Smith as their tight end. They waited until the fourth round to address a wide receiver situation. Yes, they do have character issues. That's why this team is very 50-50 because um, Rashad Weaver. Rashad Weaver was, you know, he has he's he's been charged. Um, however, we don't know that situation, so we're just going to leave it at that. But, the, the, but Tennessee said they didn't know about it. I know some teams said they did, and you know Paul Kaharski said that he talked to two teams outside the organization. One knew about it, and one didn't. So I'm just curious how much digging they did on character if they didn't know about it. But. With talent, they they reached on a linebacker. They didn't get a wide receiver until the fourth round. However, I think that picking Farley a tackle in the second round with a first round grade, and Elijah Mullen at ninety or at one hundred was a steal. I'm going to give the Titans a B plus here. Yeah, that's what I fair. Think. I I think the a sleeper pick for them is Brady Breeze out of the six round safety at Oregon. He played, he played extremely well for Oregon, so. I look forward to seeing him on the field for the Tennessee Titans now the last and, team and him and Molden are childhood friends. Yeah, cuz they said that they didn't they tweet or something that their mm-hmm. families are going to be watching the games together or Yes, something? because they have yeah they are childhood friends. It's yeah, funny how that works cool. out. I mean that's awesome you get to play with your best friend but the last team in the draft, the Washington football team, I thought their needs were quarterback, wide receiver, offense, tackle. You thought and they are. <laughs> those are yeah. their needs. Those are those are their needs cuz they definitely need a quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick ain't it. Taylor Henneke ain't it. Their best pick, though, Damani Brown, wide receiver out of UNC. And I know that UNC, there's a lot on here, and I'm praising them, but rightfully so because he was a stud at Chapel Hill. He caught everything. He broke records. Brown was a good pick for them. Maybe people thought, hey, she, he, sh- they shouldn't have drafted a wide receiver. Yes, they should have. And the fact that they got him in the third round, kudos to them. I do think that their worst pick, though, was their very first pick, Jameen Davis, linebacker of Kentucky. You didn't draft Jeremiah Koromora. If you're going to draft their linebacker, you should have drafted him because Davis draft was the best, or the best of the two. Yeah, I mean, you would think, right? Mm-hmm. Davis was not the best linebacker at that time when they drafted him at 19. Why didn't you draft the best one? So because of their draft and some the fact that, you know, but they did draft the, the player with the coolest name in the draft, which was Cameron Cheeseman. A uh, long snapper out of Michigan, I mean Cheeseman. That's a great last name. I sh- he should have gone to uh, to Green Bay though. That would have been really cool. Wait, before you continue. Speaking of long snapper, the Carolina Panthers they drafted. Did you see their story when? Oh yeah, when they when they, uh, Matt they Roll called, called him. him and he's like, um, how you know, was wondering how he's going to get there. He's like, no, I just drafted you. Yeah, because like, he, you don't he thought he was out. he was he thought he was going to pick him up as a free agent. Yeah, a, but a, no. no, Matt rolls like, no, dude, I drafted you, and he just went berserk, but. That was an awesome moment. Yeah, and so I think overall, I think Washington deserves a B. Uh, I don't like that they drafted not even the best or second or third best linebacker at a 19 position, but, you know. Speaking of um, wide receiver out of UNC, UNC has a fantastic quarterback that could potentially. Sam he could get Dude. the Heisman next year. It's a possibility. I think he'll be a top 10 pick if things trend The The problem is, though, mm-hmm. A lot of his talent left, yeah, uh, yeah, so. and a lot of it got drafted. So, Carolina, what Mac Brown is building there um, is is awesome to see. Uh, going back to being a competitive program, but Sam Howell is going to be a player or quarterback that's going to be highly sought after next yeah, season. I think he'll go in the first round, but he and the could thing is, could he's only he's Heisman. only going to be a junior next year. Yeah, and he's going to leave early. He's going to be kind of like Trevor Lawrence, but and I'm not saying they're the same. But mm-hmm. as far as grades, but that's our draft. That's all 32. Grades, teams, mm-hmm. follow us on social media because we're going to put up a graphic so you guys can be reminded as far as what we put teams. And so follow us, yeah, the Dan and Drew show on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to get back to normal things next week. We're going to incorporate some other sports, but yeah, we we love just, football. I mean, that's do. literally what this podcast started on was football. And if you guys want it to be more football focused and, you know, baseball, hockey here, there, let us know. We do enjoy talking about the pigskin and, yeah. uh, but do you have anything else to add, Dan? Well, you know, next week, the NHL regular season is ending and playoffs will be kicking off. So I think, you know, just a little bit of a hint. We're going to be talking some hockey next week because teams are wrapping up the regular season and the playoffs will begin very shortly. Anyways, thank you guys so much. We will see you next Thursday. Much love. Thanks for listening to the Dan and Drew show. Catch all our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'll catch you next week for your weekly hit on all things sports. Signing off.